good people of Los Angeles, good people of Vitoria, Brazil, Brazil, Zio, 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 Zio. <laughs> Tonight on the FCFC pod, we welcome LAFC zone, Expo zone, Debo to the backyard. We talk about Flamengo. We talk about Brazil. We talk about Cachaça. We didn't talk about Cachaça. We drank Cachaça. We get into just one of the most important, if not the most important football nations, cultures. We discuss a little bit about World Cup and overall just have a fantastic time with a good guy we wanted to have for a while. Next time this man cooks at the Christmas tree lane tailgate, please be first in line to put your farofa on his picanha. That sounded like a sexual reference. (laughs) (laughs) Want to hit him with the warning? TikTok. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the backyard. The ghetto birds are a flying. Um, we're never getting ad dollars, so fuck these warnings and fuck y'all too. I love you. <laughs> FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite fat Korean, Slim. I, my voice still isn't back from the match. Fuck you guys. Dude, that's five days later. I know. It'd be like that. If you weren't going this hard, fuck you. You ain't shit. Sitting to my right is the bearded one. Yep. Backyard Jesus. The dweez. Backyard Jesus. I can see you that. Just, you just come up with that right now? Yeah. Because when you talked about your LAFC tattoo that you might get, I was kind of thinking of like... <laughs> oh, on the cross? <laughs> I was like, this was trying to be Jesus. And across from him is the sexy one, the taken one, the spice. Spice. <laughs> yeah, it's, I cheer harder than Slim, so I'm, I'm my voice is my voice. Do we use the Redeemer? Are we doing a little bit of that? Maybe. Oh, look at you bringing in your church vernacular. I, I was about to say something, but like, I feel like everything you can I could say in response could be offensive. So Fuck I mean, it. Be offensive, bro. I've been trying to get you to be more offensive for the past four years. Where has that gotten you, though, Slim? He's gotten nicer. It's really fucking annoying. <laughs> He's got an in- image to uphold. I know. I don't Jesus. like it. Jesus. Blood of Christ. Blood of Christ. And we have a very special guest this evening. Um, someone who I don't know very well, but we're about to get to know him very very well tonight. Oh God, this voice. Um, Expos member, um, Brazilian national, Flamenco supporter. We got Debo in the backyard. Flamengo. Flamenco. Whatever, bro. I like dancing. <laughs> we got Debo. We got Debo in the backyard. Do, do, do. Coolest me. name yeah. in the North End. <laughs> Except, you know, him and Tetlo. Cool name battle. Ooh, oh, Tetlo, Tetlo Debo. Yeah. I feel like that's, they could be like. They might need a breakdance battle. Yeah. Because, Tetlo dresses like a breakdancer for matches, and he's where breakdancing kind of started. There you go. You know? I got Tetlo. <laughs> oh, you got yeah. Tetlo. Yeah. Tetlo is coming for you. Your head. Oh, man. I think we ought to also say we're recording this after 
we beat the Galaxy you before we played Austin. So we're right in the thick of MLS Cup playoff. And before we get into the proper normal conversations with Debo and about the World Cup and about Brazil and everything, I just want to like check in with everyone. Slim's voice is gone. Spice, how are you feeling about mid-playoff mode? Man, I, I've reached the point of complete clarity. I see my life. <laughs> I see my life and everything I've ever desired so clearly. And um, honestly, when Ga- I was telling Slim this earlier, but when Galaxy equalized, I was thinking 1-1 or it was probably maybe 2-2. I was like, shit, we might only have 10, 15 minutes left. And then of the season and then I remember getting up on the rails and just be like All right, if we ain't if we going out we ain't going down like such bitches so uh, yeah I remember like everyone kind of roared together and I we like willed that that last goal thing this is and buanga buanga yeah buanga. can we just get that going you know it might not be this year maybe it's too late for this year but me and Josh are trying to get buanga 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 that can be made that can be done right and it yeah. could like work really well like as one of those like side in between chants I would kiss that man's hair part so fucking hard <laughs> <What> <laughs> the fuck? never heard the it hair called part? hair parts that flip did it for you huh oh my god oh, I, I didn't even see the flip until after and I'm like flip and just that? land on it <laughs> you did that seated face Debo how did you how was your experience of this match oh my match? god I was riding high after two wins this last week mm-hmm. back to back um but yeah i mean i lost my vo- what happened to the uh, the ricolas in the ricolas in the in the north end people used to pass that shit around at half was that a thing yeah at what least the, the expos fuck? we used to pass it oh, around the expos at were classy. everyone else was yeah. passing you had, you had to maintain the, you know <laughs> the voice yeah, there's something going around it wasn't ricola uh, wow the expos are really classy yeah <laughs> shout out to expos always we take care of each other I always trying to do some extra shit. Make <laughs> an extra expo. What do you What do you think gets passed around in TSG? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, you, you passed around. Sp- Love you, and you passed around pins. Josh passed around pins. They got pins out. I did a lot of pins. I think there were some. Uh, I mean, I mean, bleep this out, Daniel. This is league. Some drug paraphernalia passed around during the game. No, allegedly, allegedly being passed around. Wait, why are you I saying? Didn't see it. Why are you saying bleep that, it out before happens. you say it? <laughs> that happens. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Hey. Just blame it I on the 42 originals. <laughs> on, uh, what was it, Sunday? When was that game now? It was Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday. Which one? Oh, no, no, it was Thursday. Thursday. It was Thursday. Oh, it Thursday. was Thursday. This coming Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know, I'm all the place. You reach for the cough drops. The cough drops aren't there, but you're looking around. What are you seeing, man, when uh, the third goal goes in? Oh, my God. I mean, it's just beer and fog. <laughs> You, you know, fog. you throw on your your. Because uh, y'all are in the center, you're yeah. right in the center, so that's where the fog yeah, emanates. Right behind from, the right? goal, so it's you know, oh. throw up the mask, the bandana, and cough cough through the <laughs> cough through the the storm. Yeah, and then just bathing in. But the, I love it in yeah. galaxy tears. The you know for the following three four days. Yeah, after enjoy the match. enjoy Slim jumping in the comments. Um, uh, comment sections have been fucking filled with high sodium levels of galaxy tears mm. just fucking pouring through and it's great like like it's fun to just watch them melt down and then just you just find your one target one weak little bitch <laughs> and you just latch on you just keep hitting that reply button and tell him why he's a piece oh of God. shit and the team he follows is a piece of shit and his whole fucking existence wow. is terrible because of terrible life choices he's made in his wow. life and he could just Chris Benoit his whole fucking existence we got Slim 
throwing fingers. We got slim with hand gestures, and we're all making new memories about football here. Some of them might be darker than others. But I, throwing up gangs I think on that note, shit. before Slim gets a little crazier, I want to switch switch into Debo mode here and ask you about your first football memory, your oldest, your oldest and first football memory. Oh wow, um, that's a good question because that, that's the question I actually ask people all the time. I'm actually very curious, but mine, um, mine would have to be, you know, I mean, playing football with my dad. Uh, we had just moved. To Belgium, I was like five or six, and we were just, yeah, just playing in the grass, and him just laughing up a storm because I couldn't get the ball away from him. Mm. <laughs> just laughing it up. You're just on a grassy knoll in Belgium playing yeah. around. Yeah. Wow. Pretty much. Which city in Belgium were you? Uh, I was south of Brussels. It was in a place called uh, Rix en Sarre. And, uh, all right, so the place that my dad found to rent mm. was this castle it was like this like it was this little area offshoot of the castle it wasn't it was part of the castle but it was like this three bedroom and i don't know how he found this place i think he might have been like scouting this place because he had up three bedroom castle so he got this job in belgium with, with the european union as a portuguese interpreter and so he went out there beforehand you know to make sure you know to bring over the, the wife and kids and uh i don't know how he found this place but He's like, all right, this is the this is the spot. This is you know twenty minutes south of Brussels. It's got a you know a train station down the street. My kids are gonna love. And it's got a drawbridge. It, it didn't have a drawbridge, <laughs> a but it had a forest, like a garden, it's a weak uh, ass like castle. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, it was it was awesome. That's that's my first wow. memory of kicking the ball around. Just fucking kicking yeah. a football around in front of my castle. No bigs. Yeah. And your your pops is from Brazil. Yeah. Whereabouts did, did he? So he's from uh, Vitoria. It's about an hour north by flight of Rio. An hour, so an hour north of you know Rio in Brazil is like a ten-hour, you know, car car ride. Mm. Um, and back back in the day, they used to take the train to to Rio from Vitoria, and it would just, it would take an entire day. Jeez. You know. And how did he? How did he become an interpreter? He was just sick linguistically, and or uh, that was kind of a he, goal. He test? always loved languages. So, like growing up, he you know in school he you know he learned Latin and French. Yeah, he actually didn't learn English. They didn't really have English. wasn't really much of an option. Only the, like <coughs> the true elites were learning English. Um, so he came to the states in the early seventies, and then landed in New York. Didn't know a lick of English. Told his dad that he had gotten a scholarship somewhere in New York. Lied about it. <laughs> Just because he wanted to come to he New York. He wanted to come to the U.S. Be a, be a you know, young dad man. forced the all the kids to, you know, to get a degree. He got a law degree in, in Brazil. Hated it. Escaped to the U.S. Re- worked a bunch of random jobs. There was, a, there was a story about, like, working construction with the mafia for, like, two months. Sick. You know, hey. on, a, on, like, an illegal Social Security card, you know. Mm. Anyway, he made his way down to D.C. in the mid-'70s. Tested for this uh, this Portuguese English interpreting gig, um, passed it, and started yeah, started working from there. And was he a football man always? Was he a did he play? Did he watch? Oh yeah, he definitely definitely played. He wasn't such a big supporter. I mean, he was a Flamengo fan mostly because he was kind of born into it. Our family was always big Flamengo fans. I have two uncles that are huge Fluminense fans, but they're kind of like. 
disowned you know, the black sheep, <laughs> you know, and their sons are like Fluminense. But and mm. so like, it's you know it's the big rivalry. Yeah, Flamengo Fluminense. Yeah, the Fla Flu. Let's Flus. let's like we've never even done this like so many episodes into the pod we've never done like a proper breakdown of Brazilian football. And I feel like as the spiritual home of football, it must be said, you know, <laughs> England might have birthed it. Brazil perfected it. Yep. They are the five-time world champs. As much as I think Argentina might win the World Cup, I also know that Brazil, if it's not this, if it's not this cup, it's definitely going to be in the next cup because they've got this young crop of players. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk World Cup a little bit later. But can you just like give the landscape of like maybe football in Rio, <clears throat> like Brazilian club football, and like you know you brought up Fl- Flamengo and Fluminense. Yeah. You've also got Botafogo and Vasco in the Rio area, and then Sao Paulo has their teams. Yeah. So historically, I mean, obviously Rio and Sao Paulo are, are the big the big cities, and you know you have the big four in Rio: Flamengo, Fluminense, Vasco, and Botafogo. Um, and then in, in Sao Paulo, you have Palmeiras, Corinthians. I hate to say all these names. <laughs> uh, what other small teams? It, he's he looking sick to his stomach as he there. says them. Yeah. Well, wait, Sao Paulo and then Santos. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, and so back in the day, they used to have, you know, these state cups, which were the big. And so that's where, like, the, the inner city rivalries used to, you know, that's how they started. And then as the, as the teams grew and the, you know, technology got bigger and better, they started playing other states and then other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, you br- And you brought up distance earlier. Like, I think that's something people don't think about a lot, is just, like, how far everything is. It wasn't probably like super practical in the beginning to have a national league when you have teams that are like just the yeah. distance between cities and, and these I mean, state cups the, were just practical cups i mean i don't know i don't know i i hate these state cups they're the pain in the ass but there's so much nostalgia around these little it's as if like you know if california all of a sudden decided to have their own like within the regular season to have their own like little fa cup mm-hmm. like just state just itself yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind but of it kind of but it also kind of make would make sense here too with like the travel restrict you know like how far it is to True. travel to like New York or whatever if there were just a bunch of California teams playing each other we could all jump on buses and go to the games versus yeah. having to fly great distances but yeah I mean something I've heard that's unique about Brazilian football is you know most like countries at the end of the day it's still going to be your national team over your club team. But I feel like with Brazilians, it's club team over national team, right? It's definitely changed. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do, and this is just my opinion, sometime during the early 80s is when Brazilian football, like, that's when they started exporting their players. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, you know, the cl- at the club World Cup level, we started losing mm-hmm. to all those, you know, the Euro- big, European, mm-hmm. big European teams. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I know I know for a fact that some of my Flamengo friends, they don't care about the national team anymore. They're, they've, they're, they're 100% into their club teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. You know, it's like, I mean, the CBF has, you know, they're, they're just as corrupt as FIFA mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, gotcha. You know, it's, it's a mafia too. And so, like, these club teams are all that we have left. You know, it's like... Is it because you don't get to grow up with the players that are making the headlines in Europe most of the time? Yeah, and a lot of times, like, I mean, even our club teams, we lose to players, you know, to European teams. Mm. It's like a foregone conclusion that Europe Yeah, is and so, like, it it just makes you hold on to 
you know, your club yeah. that much more. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met. I don't know if I've mentioned this story on the pod, but the one Brazil international match I've been to was at the Maracanã, and it was qualifier in 2008 for, with uh, hmm. Colombia. I think it was a nil-nil. And outside, and outside <sighs> of the stadium, there was all these Brazil kits, but painted on was a graphic, and it had a zipper, and like a painted-on zipper. Huh. And underneath the zipper were all the clubs. So oh, there was a Flamengo yeah. one. There was a Vasco one. And I thought that was so interesting. Like, I'm, I've got my, you know, my Brazil kit on, but really, like, deep down. Like, yeah. underneath the Brazil and kit every, is my club And kit. every World Cup that come, pops around, you know, all the clubs put out a green and yellow jersey with the club. You know, uh, yeah, you see those a lot. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. And I actually plan on getting one, too. <laughs> is there any other country that's like that where the, the club – like club teams take precedence over the national team? I'm not sure if there's another country, but it's really striking in Brazil, right? Because... South, I mean, Argentina does it too. Uh, yeah. But I feel I feel like it's a little bit more... Albi Celeste is more... Is is beneath, I think, the club for a lot of people down there. You don't... Do you disagree? For Argentina? Yeah. I think it might be a little bit the other way around in Argentina. Maybe it yeah. didn't used to be, but maybe it is now. No, I mean... I mean, dude, Argentinians travel for their country it's unbelievable i mean you, uh, just now you're here i mean i'm hearing stories about you know argentinians selling i mean they're the inflation in argentina is ridiculous right now but those guys always show up they show up in numbers yeah. it's crazy i mean even like you'll, you'll definitely know south america better than i but like there i've read some things about um argentinian fans kind of knocking Messi because like you've won everything you can for a Spanish domestic side but you cannot win for your country like you'll never I mean it's always the Maradona comp in there in mm. kind of like written underneath the lines there too but there is like being like yeah you did everything in Europe you have not done anything on this continent yet outside of when winning the, the Copa recently right and that yeah. was like that was a big that's thing that's when the tone that. really started changing right really but is it it's, is it similar about Brazilian players abroad do they get do they get like a shtick back in Brazil I mean it's different I feel like it's different because Brazilian players go so young and they like so few of them play yeah, I mean it's. I think it's fascinating Dude, we, we definitely root for our like you know so like Vinny Jr yeah, like, yeah. I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. I want to see him succeed you know when he got to Real a couple years ago you know he struggled you know he got put on the B team and but and a lot of people said that like oh this guy can't play you know but dude he's killing it killing it you know and as a Flamengo fan and we're all rooting for him now on, you know, at club at his club. What if he had come like, from Fluminense? Oh, the other. Would you? Who's you, who's Vinny Junior? <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. That's funny. Yeah. So does yeah, your I mean, exports, root for him, like yeah. you know, at the World Club World, World Cup, but yeah, because he's he's highs, you know, he's roots. Yeah. You know, he came through the through the academy, and that same same goes for. Didn't Lucas Paqueta? Yeah, play for Lucas Fluminense? Paqueta also yeah. came. Uh, Gerson, who's now at uh, oh, was at Roma for a while, right? Uh, he he was he went to Roma, but then he came back to Flamengo, oh. um, and then he he helped us win a Libertadores, but then he got um, is it Marseille? Yeah, Marseille, and he's do, he's doing amazing there right now. So, kind of going back to the the tale of Debo here and and being in Belgium and with your dad. So, was your dad <laughs> a Flamengo? 
Yeah. Supporters. So he wasn't. He wasn't a diehard Flamengo fan, but mm. you know, he 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 put the jersey on me when I was a kid. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's it's almost something that I. You don't really have a choice. It's yeah. like, you know, as an ad- adolescent, people do change teams. You know, because like you know, they want to say like, Fuck you, I'm my dad. own person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like my own team. But, you know, that's what kind of ties us together, you know? Like, so my grandfather was a Flamengo fan. Yeah. You know? Um, and it goes without saying, for those who don't know, it is it is the biggest club in Brazil. It's the well, most supportive argue, club in Brazil. We, we would like to think that it's the biggest club in the world because, you know, Ooh, we, are, yeah. we are 42 million fans in Brazil alone. Jesus. Whereas... You know, you think about like, you know, fine, you have the big clubs, the big brands, Manchester, Barcelona, Real. I mean, they have, they, they can, they, they say that they have a lot of fans all over the world, but in the, in the country itself, like, you know, there's not, there's not 45 you know, million homegrown yeah. fans, right. you know, we are, we are the biggest club. <laughs> He's saying this 42 with, million. All, with, the, with all the joy you could yeah. imagine. Um, but it's like even known in Brazil, I think it's important to point out that like the supporters of other teams know it's, it's the Yankees of, of South America. It's the, you know what I mean? It's the biggest, it's the big dog in the room, not just in Rio, but in the whole country. Yeah. And also, uh, I would say culturally too, it's, it's the people's team, you know, yeah. the Yankees, I don't know about that, but. But you know what you I mean? Know, in terms I know what of you mean. If like, fanhood, like yeah. you, everywhere, you could go. To, we, you could travel all the way to the north of Brazil and oh, find yeah. a Flamengo fan, or all Flamengo's the way to south. Flamengo is huge in the north of Brazil. Yeah. yeah. So except Yankees don't make finals no more. So fuck <laughs> you, Brian. But so, but but you, after Belgium, you guys come back to the states right yeah, away, or did you kind of bounce around? So yeah, we came back to the states. Um, but so we would always, you know, we we would spend you know summer vacations in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we came back to the U.S. Um, in the early 90s. And then my dad got, uh, so as he was still interpreting and as a freelance interpreter. And then he got a job uh, working as an, as an interpreter for the, the, Bel- the, I'm sorry, the, the Brazilian team at the 94 World Cup. Wow. And that, I mean, that was huge. I mean, that was the summer that we got cable. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, shit, we got, we got ESPN and Nickelodeon? That was <laughs> the bar where we made it here? Yeah. So, like, that was a very memorable summer. And you were stateside at the time. Yeah, yeah. We were in D.C. Did you go to any games? You know what? I didn't go to any games. But your dad went to everyone with the My Brazil team, My dad went right? to all the Brazilian games until, I think, through the quarterfinal. Ooh. I think he was there f- for Holland. He was, that, he was at the Rose Bowl for the USA-Brazil game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was just a memorable summer, I think, for everybody yeah. Here in the U.S., it was yeah. like that was the that was the one that, that started was the birth, you know. I got my Romario card still <laughs> laminated, bro. You know, I was like, yeah. yeah. We, those of us, we've talked about this on the pod with the shout out to the Torres brothers from Cuervos, but like down here in downtown LA, we had soccer, what was called Soccer Fest, and it had the World Cup trophy on display at the LA Convention Center. No shit. And you could go and look at it, and I went, and yeah, it was uh, your everyone. Everyone's following it. Everyone's in on it. I didn't go to any games that summer either, but I remember watching all of them, and I remember the final so, so, so well when Baggio missing that penalty yeah. for Italy and Brazil winning it. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, that summer, I just, you know, growing up in, you know, just the outskirts of D.C., but, 
you know, we played basketball, we were playing football, we played baseball occasionally, but you know, neighborhood kids that summer, it was like, Oh my God, we're all playing football right now. Like, oh. like you know, soccer. Mm. That was a huge turning point that's... for everybody. You know, that was, that's, that says something, you know, when like the kids in the street are, are playing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I had a similar feeling like we, um, like in high school, like in middle school, high school, I went, I lived in Jersey. Um, and like soccer was definitely less prevalent than it was in like in Queens where I grew up. But like, it must've been like either Brazil world cup or, um, or South Africa, but everyone just went outside and they just like took whatever ball they had and started kicking it around and try to play like pickup soccer. <laughs> but we like had not, like we only played basketball before that. Right. And I was like, that is like magical. The fact that you see something on TV yeah. and you want to emulate it right away. And it's like the kids are going to do that right away. They have no shit. They're like, fuck that. I'm into this now. Yeah. And like seeing that happen because of World Cup, like it really is a beautiful thing, which why I understand why the 94 one having it in your backyard means so much to so many different people that we talk to here. And, it and was massive. And were you pretty locked in after that going forward? Like, had you, did that, the 94 become the moment where you're like, this is my favorite sport? You start playing oh, no, more, it was you start watching my more? sport before that. It was already, okay. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. didn't cement anything. You were already feeling it. No, yeah. it was already. In, in fact, when I came back from Belgium, is when I learned how to play uh, basketball. There were actually these, these two uh, Korean kids down the street. Hey. And they actually taught me how to play basketball because I didn't play basketball in Belgium or American mm. football. Mm. Hey, it's our gift. They're actually the ones that taught me, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, And to be fair, basketball is taking a lot of lessons that global soccer is in terms of trying to spread the sport across like the NBA cares and all that stuff. And that's working a lot of ways, but the power of that, it's freaking awesome. Did you guys go to any DC United games as you were growing up once that league gets jumped off? So we actually, wasn't really a thing for you guys. uh, No, it was never, honestly, the MLS was never a thing up until probably I came to LA. So, uh, actually, after D.C., um, my dad, is like he was sick of the cold. He was like, oh, <laughs> but we're going to go move to Arizona. So I went to high school in Phoenix. Interesting. And then went to college in Tucson. Um, was it difficult in Phoenix to keep that, that football up? I feel like the, col- the football culture of Phoenix isn't really. No, I mean, because I, I played. Mm-hmm. I played club and I played high school. Um, yeah, deep I party. Re- I just yeah. remembered like. And you're going back and forth every year still to Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we would every summer. Um but no, I mean, I watched, you know, 2002 World Cup. I was in Phoenix Ooh, watching wow. what with my family at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and my mom, actually, my mom was probably screaming harder at the TV than anybody. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. My, I think my mom was too. And forever, I will correlate that t- 2002 World Cup with breakfast checks. Because they were 99 cents at, at the time, and my dad would go get breakfast checks every morning <laughs> when we were watching World Cup in hey, 2002. That's amazing. And, but your mom didn't grow up with the sport. She's from the States. No, she, so my mom's American, but she actually, uh, she grew up all over South America. Oh. So she actually knew Portuguese when my parents met. Um, and she was actually in Brazil. She was living in Brazil. She was going to uh, an American high school in Recife. Mm. Um, so she was in Brazil for the 1970 World Cup. Whoa. Yeah, when Bella was, the, so she, yeah, she grew up around the culture. So what, what brought her to South America in the first place? Just she wanted to. Uh, so her father was part of uh, USAID. And so he would, he kind of had like these, you know, gigs that he would kind of rotate. I think they, they went to, I think they went to Colombia first. Yeah, Colombia, because my mm-hmm. uncle was born there. Mm-hmm. And they went to Bolivia for six years and then Brazil for four or five years. Uh-huh. What kind of, what kind of program is this? 
Uh, so, so he was in agriculture. Oh, okay. So he would come down and kind of show techniques. Mm. He was an Indiana kid. Oh, wow. So he grew up on the farm. And then so after World War II, he got a gig, government job, and then kind of took his family everywhere. That's wild, man. Yeah. What are you guys speaking at home when you were growing up then? Were you guys speaking Portuguese? Like your mom was speaking Portuguese? Your dad uh, speaking Portuguese? It was kind of, kind of she doing both. English? So and- my dad spoke Portuguese with me for the mm-hmm. first like five years of my life. Mm-hmm. So that's how I speak and understand now. And my mom was most like 90% uh, English. So. so you got it both. Yeah. Very cool. And once you're in Phoenix and you're experiencing the 2002 World Cup and you're still playing, mm-hmm. how how was like that connection with Vos or with the almost said Vasco Flamengo at the Put time? The I, apologize. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. Um, how was the connection with Flamengo then? Did you go to games when you'd go back? So I actually didn't go to a game until I was probably in my early 20s, and that was when I would go to Brazil. Um, I was just surrounded surrounded by it. You know, all my uncles or cousins were either Flamengo or Fluminense, and they were like. No, they're you're trying to get you. Now, they're trying to recruit you. Know? you yeah. um, but I always had, you know, I always had Flamengo. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of solidified as I, you know, grew up and played, you know, football with my cousins yeah. during the summer. So. And were you staying in Vitoria when you went down? Yeah. Or? Okay. So yeah. we by the time was, you went to a game, it was because you were in Rio proper, maybe yeah. flew in or something, and then. Um, so I moved. So as when I, as I you know became older, when I was older. Cut that part out. I just said, <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm an editor. I cut stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, shout out to editors everywhere. I don't edit anything. Thanks, shout out to Daniel. Daniel. Thank I you. Cut, Daniel. I cut ums out of the Kardashian shows so many times. It's ridiculous how many times those girls say um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you got nice asses though. There you go, Slim. Anymore. Slim with the you hot see take. That? They just removed all that stuff. It was, it was. It was a ploy. <laughs> they just took it out. <laughs> they edited. They, they, got edited. they edited themselves. Yeah. They've been editing themselves since they came out. So as Anyways. you, so as you got their own executive producers now. Yeah. Hey. As, shout, shout out the real God, Chris Jenner. Fucking crazy. <laughs> so as you got, you were saying as you got older, you went to. Yeah. So I, um, I moved to Rio when I was in my mid twenties. I lived there for about six months and yeah. And then I would go to Flamengo games. I was in Rio in my mid twenties too. No, I was early twenties. When were we there at the same time? When were you there? Two thousand eight. I was there in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Then we were there at the same time. Damn, fall two thousand eight, spring two thousand nine. Oh, okay. I had just left then. Oh, uh, yeah. just missed it. Where'd you live? In I well, I first lived in Santa Teresa, and that's, then that's a great spot. Yeah, and then we uh, we also lived in Botafogo. Okay, another great spot. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was that was where I got I got the Vasco the Vasco da Gama thrown on me by a, a friend and oh, he just I'm brought so me sorry. to games and then they got relegated. I'm so and sorry. I was there for the first ever relegation. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so like at the game. Maybe, where they got maybe you should not become a Flamengo fan. Maybe stay away. <laughs> yeah, the Flamengo's the only other team had never at that time Vasco and Flamengo were the only two that had never been relegated out of Serie A. And then once they went down Flamengo's the and only th- one. Those were the violent games. Flamengo Vasco were like those were like Deadly, yeah. Does that get it get people throw down? It gets pretty. Oh yeah. Testy. Yeah. Yeah. I went to one. I went to one Vasco Flamengo game at the Maracana. Uh-huh. That was. Everyone was very separated, so fortunately nothing happened. It was like that stadium's huge, right? Yeah. So. You get you get the distance, but. That was the first game I ever went to. Was was Vasco Flamengo? That's a good one. Yeah, and then I, went, I ended up going to a lot of Vasco games while I was there, and. 
you know, you know how it is. Like if you're, if you're not from the country and your dad didn't give you a Jersey, it's like <laughs> your homies bringing you to the games and you're starting to feel yeah. something when you go, it's hard not to, you know, I'm a Hiroshima with Ipe, right? Like he brought me to a game in Japan and oh, awesome. I'll probably always be Hiroshima now. That's how it's, that's how, yeah. That's how it is. You, you can't, can't like really teams, switch, right? Yeah. You know, you but, can change wives, you can change, you know, your name, but you can't ever change clubs. We, we got yeah. one of our friends to switch teams recently. Wow. Full switch to wait to where? From where to where? I don't From, even say it. Don't I, even say I can't. It. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it sounds worse when you it say it. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, do I appreciate that he's realized that there's like, it, the grass is greener? Wait, or, so I think we, I, we can all guess what the switch was then. Or is it just like, do I not respect you because you switched <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, was it Galaxy LFC? No, no, no. Uh, that that one, there's there's plenty of reasons why you should do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Make the right choice. to Man United. No, no, no. It's 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 LA teams. Yeah, we're not converting anyone to Man United right now. It's, yeah, uh, that's not really a a, a message <laughs> that has good marketing behind it. No, you know what? It's not a sinking ship anymore because we found a good bucket. We're just getting the water out. Slowly. <laughs> it's maybe it one. Maybe yeah, you bought three the dip. years. I told five you years. It'll be back the up. They'll, they'll come back. We've been laughing at Dweez for five years and look at him now. I know. It's <laughs> so so we'll have the top of the table. <laughs> so annoying. Uh, and on that note, we'll take our first break. Um, uh, my voice will be back for the second segment. <laughs> Why would you promise that? <laughs> we'll be right back, y'all. Back here in the back, here with the executive producer of the backyard, here with Expos Debo in the house. And first off, I mean, we just got into a riff right now, but I just want to say the man brought us four kits of um, varying authenticities, but I think they're beautiful. <laughs> and uh, they are all sporting the red and black stripes of flamenco. So it's uh, flamenco. It's uh, they're beautiful, man. These are, um, and you say you. You have collected a lot of these kits. I'm guessing to 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 help out in like maybe a watch party or uh, or um, yeah. to make sure everyone's rocking the same colors. Well, I mean, I I, co I collect jerseys myself. Actually, my first flamengo kit my uncle gave me, I think it was like '94, '95. It was the Centennial jersey. It was the Homadio, um, and that for me is like. <coughs> That for me is, you know, that's that's a grail. Mm -hmm. um, and the, ever the, since the then, Romario Brazil kit. Yeah. Okay. So no, no, he's also Flamengo a kit. And he also played for Vasco. Well, he did, yeah. I think he played more he's for more, Vasco. He's actually more of a Vasco, but, you know, he had, I mean, he played for Flum, uh, Fluminense too. Damn, he did? Oh, yeah. He's a wow. dirty yeah. little whore. He was, also, <laughs> he was also like my first well, favorite player, bro. So uh, <laughs> watch, watch his the name. Field too. I mean, there's some crazy stories about home. Oh, Mario. man. Old school celebrities just had way more fun. Like there the biggest difference media, between like... Messi and Maradona is just cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> so did you say you had the Centennial kit? You have it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I have a couple of them, actually. Oh, but I mean, I've my collection's kind of grown from there. I've, I have one from Ziku, actually. Mm. Um which is, an, I, I don't know if you, if you don't know who Zico is, he's probably like, you know, he's the Michael Jordan of Flamengo or, or of Brazil, but he never won a World Cup, mm. unfortunately. Um, but Which years was he, when did he play? Was he uh, between he was in like Pele? the mid-70s yeah, to the mid-80s. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, he was huge. Um, he's, he's the idol. You know, if you if you see a, a banner in Brazil, a Flamengo banner in Brazil with, with a face, it's it's him. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, this is. I watch a lot of commercials. This is what I do for a living, right? Mm -hmm. But what inspired me, and I think a lot of people in um, our age group was inspired by, yeah. was uh, the Nike soccer, Nike footy advert, Joga Bonito, with Cantona yeah. mm -hmm. talking about bringing the purity, the right way to play of the sport. You're back talking about the one the on the ship, right? On, on the on ship, the, uh -huh. but also I think the famous one was uh, they... They played the the Mashkinada was was playing in the back and uh, the, the entire uh, yeah the airport scene was really big, uh, but also the Brazilian team in the locker room yeah. kind of goofing off but on the field translating that to this beautiful passing beautiful like the everything was just so um, what as you say liquid football right and all I think Dweezy hit on there the spiritual humble football comes from Brazil like. I, I know we've talked and in the past with you just like how the club and the national distinction is, but for you as someone who was probably stateside at the time, mm -hmm. what did it feel like to be like, wow, this is like not only the spiritual home of football, but this is where like I come from the place where they do this better than everyone and they're doing this right to that point. Like, did you feel a sense of pride where you're like, oh, it's not quite, it's a little embellished like that? Or how did you feel when the, that kind of uh, work and that kind of uh, I don't know. life I, came I, out? I don't know if I really felt anything. I mean... It was just, I mean, growing up, I don't know. I mean, in Brazil, they have actually a word for that. It's called the jinga, mm. you know, and actually that word comes from uh, capoeira. It's like that, that, that movement, that like kind of, you know, that dance, if you will. Um, but it's just the way Brazilians have always played. I mean, I, I, I actually prefer playing barefoot in Brazil mm. with my cousins, you know, or pickup games. You're because about like on sand or like on? Anywhere, on oh, sand really? or like turf or on like concrete. Be and it was because it was just, it was just more fluid. Wow. Um, there was, there was no organization. I mean, I, I played here in the States too and I just felt always very rigid. You know, wow. I, I hated playing with shin guards. I hated playing with cleats. Mm. You know, I played left mid and so like I, and I was, and I was a smaller guy, you know, like I would get demolished, you know, with brutes force. Mm -hmm. But in Brazil, people typically would just play the ball. And so you were able to get creative. You're able to do stuff, you're able to move with the ball. And I think that kind of, you know, helped. Yeah. Now that I think about it, all the things Brazilians are like known for being great at is all about flow, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's like a flow in, in the way they, they, they move the ball around on the pitch. It, it, you have to know the flow of the ocean mm -hmm. to get on a surfboard and, and go out and be great at that. The flow of the way your body moves, and that's why they're good at jujitsu. Same thing with the body with breakdancing, right? Like, it's interesting that it's like something with, like, momentum and flow that yeah. just kind of seems to be something that Brazilians are really good at. And a lot of, well, I mean, what I attribute to it also is, you know, footwork i mean in brazil kids aren't even allowed to step on the 11 aside field mm. until they're like 13 like 12 really? 13 years old football like you play sushi futsal. in japan wow you play you, just like small court yeah five small five. court and you just work on your footwork oh. that's it that's how every kid in brazil is raised that's incredible i mean like it, it's of course you 
you're you you are Brazilian. You're from there, so of course, like this stuff is like just naturally second nature to you. But it's so funny to hear you explain it versus the my perception of it because it really is like when you saw like when my, my dad and I would see like the canary yellow come out. You would, like were like these people move like no other people on planet Earth, and like it's like how are we playing the same game? I think that's what makes the footy so beautiful is that you can so many different play styles happen. Um, within the same boundaries and the same rules, and it really is cultural. It really is an education about. Even I didn't, I didn't know that. Like how big futsal, um, like that training was up till you get to eleven. Um, before you get to eleven, eleven. But like, I think um, we, as Korean national team fans, we always want more creativity from our players, and I think. The rigidness of like, hey, we work our asses off and we work hard as a team. We're good at memorizing. Yeah, we're good at memorizing. <laughs> we're good at repetition. But until you live out a different culture, like you're, you're kind of limited in terms of what your footballing potential can even look like. And so, no, it's like fascinating to even hear about like how na- a second nature it is to, to, to you, right? Yeah. But I mean, and that's and this thing in Brazil. I mean, and in most places around the world, people play on different types of surfaces. You know. Um, Hey, buddy. Kobe's like, I want to play some futsal. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say, um, but there was another. Playing on different surfaces. You, no, but you had said something, uh, Josh, that I wanted to add to, and I forgot what it was now. Maybe we can come back to it. Or... Yeah. I want to know about music and, like, how much, what was what was being played in your home and how much was, like, Brazilian music or other aspects of Brazilian culture kind of a part of your upbringing, too? Because I feel like you brought up the movement of the body. I feel like... One, there's two concepts that are in, interwoven for me with Brazilian culture, which is like music and sport or music and dance or music and movement of the body. Um, yeah, I mean, growing up, you know, my dad listened to all kinds of music. I mean, he, you know, he came to the States in the 70s, so he was like, you know, 70s pop. You know, we, we listened to a lot. Of, um, but also, you know, Bossa Nova was big. You know, I remember sitting down for meals and even for even mealtime it was rice and beans was always there my mom made it every night um but yeah my dad would play music at dinner time mm-hmm. um and it was always typically something slow and digestible yeah you know do you still do you do you find yourself listening to a lot of brazilian music oh yeah now? yeah oh yeah yeah what kind of what do you listen to um I mean, I, I love Paguaji, which is kind of an offshoot of samba. Yeah. It's an older older generation kind of music. It's almost like the glam. It's like there's something glam. It's like glam samba. It's like a... Yeah, it's a little... It's a quicker. I think of Ivechi Sangalu. Yeah. Yeah. But I love Paguaji. Um, and, you know, the 90s rap artist Marcel Dedois. Yeah. Um, actually, he just played here a couple months ago. What? I would have gone if I would have known that. That was my I mean, first like favorite Brazilian artist. Felipe Hatch is another Brazilian rapper. This is this is gonna be the deepest musical cut maybe in FCFC history. <laughs> but Marcelo de Deutsch once did a song with Like from Pacific Division. If you don't know who Pacific Division was, Pac Div, <laughs> they were like a really underground hip hop act in the early two thousands that I wrote one of their first magazine features for. And when he he did that song with Like really? from Pac Div, Marcelo de Deutsch of like all rappers and when I was in Brazil in 2008 remember those the yeah. Desabafa uh-huh. that song was huge yeah. at that time listeners if you are lost no it's okay Sam went to his phone I started blinking very hard <laughs> I'm looking for the I think one Brazilian 
song that I have in my liked like songs as well. I can share a playlist. Yeah, Come no, we'll, playlist with we'll be we'll be linking Bebo's playlist with with, with uh, this episode when it comes out. That's so, what. between all these, you know, this we kind of like picking back up Debo's story here. You know, you're in Arizona, you're you're coming back, and what? How did you find your way to Los Angeles? Like, how did that part happen? And then, how does LAFC come into your life? Um, so yeah, so I graduated uh, University of Arizona with a media arts degree. So I I always loved film, um, and so I I came out here right after college. Got a job in post production and just worked my way up. Um, for the most part, I've been editing, you know, documentaries and reality series. In the last couple of years, I've been producing and directing more. Um, yeah, and I've, LA is now home. And uh, you know, I knew that there was a football team here, you know, that played a couple miles away. Uh, and I would go to a game occasionally, but I think everybody has that same story. It's like, oh yeah, I'd go to a game. It was fun, you know. When there was free tickets and someone was yeah, <laughs> it was like <laughs> once every two uh, years. But what's funny? I never bought any Galaxy merchandise. Never in like probably like the twelve I years don't, I don't think before I LAFC showed up. Yeah, no, um, they they had twenty years to figure it out. They they did it. Yeah. So what was that LFC moment for you, man? You know, it's funny. I think I heard, some, yeah, it was right, what was it, 2014 or 15 that they said they were going to announce a team, and I was like, ah, great, another MLS team, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what, you know. And then I went to a game, and I was like, oh, damn, this is this is close. This is as close to the Maracana as I've ever seen it here in the U.S. I was like, I can get behind this. And I started inviting my friends, and I was like, this, this is it. This is... Hey, even yeah. the original colors, right? They had they had a lot of uh, familiarity with them, right? With the red and black. I, I didn't even know about that. I was, I I when I, I heard that's that there the was one scarf an, I don't have. But, another yeah. MLS team here. I was like, it's just gonna be another galaxy. I was like, so you whatever. you waited all the way until like the games were underway before you like. You know what? Your toes I did. In. I think I I I did discover them, so to speak. Mm. The first season, I was at that, uh, you know, that rain out. The Houston game. Oh. Yeah. Dodger playoff game that we watched on yeah, TV. The Houston, I was at that yeah. game. That's a legendary memory for yeah, a lot of us. Yeah, that is. Um, I was in R. that R. little Ryan section. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, dude. It was. Um, and by that time, were you already with the Expos, or were you? No, gotcha. Um, it was. It wasn't. Pr- it was probably like two, two and a half years ago. I, I reached out to a couple SGs. I found them online, and I was like, "Hey, look, I want to be. I want to get in on this." Um, and Kelvin from the Expos was like, yeah, come on in, man. Kelvin. <laughs> Those fuckers are so good at answering their DMs. <laughs> Josh is over here just like, we missed another one. We could have had, we could have yeah, had Kelvin too. Jo- Josh is Expos' biggest hater. Anytime y'all come up with some fire graphic, I'm like, I'm always on the comments like, fuck! Yeah, right, whenever they release something, you see Josh in the Slack like, hey, we're having a Zoom meeting next week. <laughs> right now. <laughs> we need to think about some shit. <laughs> How did they get here first? Who's running your PR? So, <laughs> it's it's actually Josh. I'm yeah. just messing with you. I write press releases for myself that I <laughs> fucking say, fuck the Expos. You guys are too good. Well, so the day that I knew that I wanted to have Debo on the pod was when you had the Brazil Tiras Korea day. You're at the that day, bro. At the, uh, the tailgate. What And we had something that day, too. The TSG had something. What were we cooking no, that I day? No, I think it was, it was, was it Cuervo's... Yeah, everybody and, had to cook out that yeah. day. Yeah, there's oh, a yeah. lot of things. That was a good... But this man, Debo, was on the grill, 
and Monty was on the grill, and you guys were both cooking up. Yeah, you guys were cooking up proper. Monty, Andy was helping. You had the picanha, and it was fucking delicious. And I was like, and I saw some. There was those guys had the a Brazil table and some with some some cuenta uma. Don't even think were they your buddies? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, is that what that was? Mm -hmm. Okay. They had like so their own table. Ricardo, yeah. Yeah, so Ricardo had a table. Yeah, he had his own little like caipirinha table that he was, he was making over there. And I was like, we had never even like done a Brazil episode proper, and that's like where it all came from. But like, was that your first tailgate barbecue with all the churrasco stuff? Did you like bring it all out for the first time that day? When yeah, you, that when was. We... Um, so I, I, I've been doing churrascos for well over 10 years now, just like backyard, once a year type thing with, mm -hmm. you know, friends. Um, and then I would, you know, every now and then I'd have like a couple expos over and we'd hang out for watch party, away watch parties. Um, and then I reached out to uh, Kelvin and we, so we have like, you know, a tailgate committee. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, yeah, let's do one. Let's do one. All right. And so it was kind of a month of planning and mm -hmm. we actually pushed it back one time um, because I think. I think the D9s had some kind of fundraiser for yeah. Mo, so, so we're like, all right, let's not do it on that day. Mm -hmm. um, so we picked a day, and I just bought a ton of meat, and uh, yeah. Was it hard to scale up, like, your normal backyard operations not for really. that many people? Not really. I mean, I think I bought, because I typically buy anywhere between, like, when I do my one-a-year barbecues, it's mm -hmm. typically, I don't know, 20 to 25 pounds of and so really who's your guy who's your guy who's the plug where do you get your where do you get the good picani or is that <laughs> not a, a secret people? or is that not a secret oh, you're willing to give away oh <laughs> so it used to be there used to be a, so there still is it's a market over there in in culver city um but now yeah i, I got a i got an in at restaurant depot oh, so yeah. that's where i just go to buy it and What's Restaurant Depot? Oh, yeah. Explain to those of us who are out of the know. The entire thing is a fucking freezer. It's like, yeah. you got to go in there with a jacket, bro. It's you got to like, get ready. Where is it? <laughs> they have a couple locations, town, actually. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like... It's um, where all the restaurants yeah. get there. Why does everyone know about this besides me? Because I was in the restaurant industry. Okay. But How he, do you know about it? Does Spice. It's fucking, I've been around. Uh, well, no, it's probably because JJ... Oh yeah, JJ and my, and Daniel. Daniel um oh, yeah, yeah. had uh, some restaurant plug. He gets Do you throw sankla salt? The what? Bro, all right. For your next cookout, make sure you buy this salt. Is it from Restaurant Depot? I don't know, but it's the best Dos salt for like Churrasco? Brazilian and Argentinian Sal barbecue. Barilla. Huh, interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I just... I don't know, dude. His shit was pretty good. Are you trying to improve his I'm shit sure, over here? I'm, no, trying get some, salt, I'm trying to get some notes from I him. Everyone I know that does, like, Brazilian and Argentinian barbecue, like, uh, are on this salt. Huh, interesting. Okay. Where's that, where's that come from for you for, like, you know, for wanting to throw a once in, once a year annual, I'm 25-pound cookout? Like, does have you always, like, your family always been big about that? Is it a big... Uh, not, not, like, my family thing? wasn't really, like, big about it, but yeah. I don't know. I just... I like throwing parties. Yeah. And I'm just like... He was, went to college in fucking Arizona, Arizona yeah, bro. We're not going to go over that because he has a child now. But like, Debo was out there. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk... Shut up, Josh. Don't get him in trouble. If... I go to Restaurant Depot. <laughs> Is it, do you need like a membership card for this shit? Yeah, or what? you might actually need a... Restaurant license to have a membership. We'll go. We'll go. But someone Yo, could get we'll you in. Yeah, yeah. I'll hook you up. Well, oh, yeah. God, we just Side had the, we just had our barbecue. 
Uh, okay. No, they just they just have like crazy bulk amounts of everything. But like the freezer is it's the Costco four restaurants. But yeah. but that day, like when I tried it, it was like fucking really well done. Like you guys killed it. No, I mean it's. Did it's you top, feel like you killed it? Top sirloin. Yeah, you, you know? killed. You, like yeah, um, yeah. But there's also a way to prep it. I mean, it's it's very easy. You know, so what happens is usually you put it on these like you know these big store swords. Um, but since I don't have the big, you know, proper sword, there and you know, the big grill, bless you. Um, what I do is I slice everything up because we just don't have the space for that. Um, and then I, you know, massage rock salt into everything. Um, and just let it sit overnight and then we're good to go. That's it. Damn. Yeah. And there's also linguisa. What else did you guys There's have? linguisa, and then you have to have the farofa. Yes. Everybody makes their own. Did you make your own farofa? Uh, no, I bought it pre pre made already. How do you how do you actually make farofa? For all you guys who don't know, that's the magic sawdust. <laughs> that comes with your trusker. Farofa is, is uh, it's basically look, it's uh, it's just ground up yuca. Mm-hmm. Yuca is like a it's like potato. It grows in the ground, and then you grind I didn't it up. Know that. And everybody everybody makes it differently like. So you have to like roast it, mm. and then some people bacon in it, um, butter, onions, all kind of stuff, just to kind of give it some flavor. Where um, did uh, where did um, feijoada fit into your life growing up? Did you have, did you guys have that kind of stew stew life? Yeah, stew? I mean, I guess my mom would make a version of feijoada without meat, um, like every other night. Have you guys had feijoada? No. Feijoada? No. I mean, I, it's just basically ba- black beans and whatever. Oh, yeah. Whatever it's, had, it's like a big. Find. It's like a yeah. big stew, like a black bean stew. Yeah, with usually like with vat. some pork in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's what, throw like, that on your rice a lot every of, Brazilian barbecue. A lot of like grandmas or aunties will like cook up a big batch on the weekend, like on a Sunday, and you go over and you have it. And yeah. It's kind of like the communal. communal. So the feijoada came, so it became the national dish. Um, it was actually started by slaves. They were given the leftovers. Like, here's the leftover meat, like hooves and stuff like that. And so they would just throw whatever, you know, meat into a pot with the black beans. Mm. And over hundreds of years, they just perfected it mm. until it became, you know, what it is. And everybody has their own version of it. Yeah, poor so. people food usually is the best yeah. food. True that. Um, Fuck you, bougie people. <laughs> I think we're gonna we're gonna take a second break here. We're gonna get back with Debo and we're gonna talk about. Bring World me some tea to heal my throat. We're gonna talk about World Cup. Is your throat Ricola. still in pain or just the voice? You need to be an expo. Come come get some recall. <laughs> get you some recall. Okay, we'll be right back. Never TSG for life. We're back. FCFC pod. Debo's in the back. Brazil in the building. And we're having a little Dong Ding Oolong tea. Ooh, it's, Dong, Dong Ding. Ding is a frozen oh, wow. peak Taiwanese Oolong. Not to uh, be confused with Ding Dong. Take it easy, Slim. Okay. Uh, this one's from Yoshan, which is out in San Gabriel Valley. Yoshan is a pretty good tea spot. It's in my tea guide. Shout out to my tea guide. If you've not seen it in LA Taco, the ultimate guide to tea, kombucha, and boba in Los Angeles. Check it out. But this is just a lightly roasted, mild... Oolong. So I hope you guys enjoy. 
Debo. We do tea in the backyard, so that's what we do to try to oh, to try it. to sober Cheers. up and get get past the surface level, level, level. Off pod. Off pod. We got a helicopter going over head right now. Wait a sec. Smooth. Off pod. We were talking a little bit about my time in Brazil, and I think by the time this comes out, the Copa Libertadores final will have already happened. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Debo, before coming over, he sent us an invite to the watch party in Culver City. There's a big Brazilian community in Culver City. And um, it so happens that Flamengo, his squad, is playing Atlético Paranaense, which is a team from Coritiba, the f- kind of the furthest south inland city in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, we had an exchange student from Brazil, from Coritiba, and that was kind of the first Brazilian club I knew a lot about before I moved down myself. And yeah, he gave my dad a jersey when my dad passed. I kept that jersey, and so I have it I have it here. And it's interesting that they're black and red vertical stripes versus Flamengo's black and red sideways yeah. stripes, horizontal stripes. It's almost like a black and red versus black and red off here, weirdly, at the games in Ecuador. But can you talk a little bit about? I think it's really cool what you've, what you've done, you know, with the the Flamengo supporters here in California. I want to talk a little bit about like bringing that to life here in LA because we know that they were already in San Diego, right? Yes. Um, so a couple of years ago, Flamengo was in the the final, the the Copa Libertadores final against uh, River Plate, and River Plate was was they were going to repeat because they had won the previous year, and and so. I went down to this spot in Culver City. It's called the Brazilian Mall, but it's had different names in the past. Um, oh, thank you. This is delicious. Some more tea. Teeing up. Um, anyway, so it was a big game, and a bunch of Brazilians showed up, and we ended up winning um, the game. We came back, and it was there that I realized I was like, "Oh man, this is there's something here. Like we got to get together." And then I started. I got online and I started researching, and I found out that. There was an SG, a Flamengo SG in, in San Diego. And so I reached out to those guys. I was like, look, you know, we should we should expand. And they had actually uh, already expanded to San Fran. And, and they were kind of looking for somebody to be like the point person here in L.A. And so I was like, look, let's do it. Um, and that was 2000, late 2019, early okay. 2020. Oh, so it's pretty recent. Yeah, yeah, super recent. Um, I was, I'm actually surprised there hadn't... Hadn't, something hadn't been done before. Yeah, how are they going to do SD and then skip over us and go to SF? Yeah. That's crazy. But um, it's okay. I Fla, forgive you. Fla Cali? Fla uh, Cali? Cali Fla. Cali Fla. Yeah. Um, Not to be confused with Khalifa. With Khalifa. <laughs> oh, God. The, I knew you were going to do it. No, no. The Khalifa, like the almond Mia milk. Your Khalifa? No, there's like, <laughs> like almond, there's like an almond milk Who? brand that's like <laughs> Calafia or something. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> TikTok star. TikTok star. TikTok star. Past midnight. <laughs> so that's, I mean, you know, we've we've obviously had a lot of fans of Mexican football on this show. And I'm sure that there's numerous watch parties for various teams in North and Central America. But for South American clubs, I feel like what Flamengo has is probably pretty rare here. I, I would... I don't know if there's like a Kudinchins watch group that you know, goes around I LA or these kind no, of. No, I know that, um, you know, Boca probably maybe Boca the Bocas in the rivers. One. I'm sure River might have one. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't know where they go, but you know we've had a couple 
because that spot in Culver City is kind of like a hub for Brazilians, you know, every now and then there'll be other club, you know, other fans. I think uh, Copa do Brasil a week and a half ago, we had a couple of Corinthians players, uh, fans come through and there was, you know, they wanted to put up a banner and there was a kind of a, a little... A tiff. A scuff? Yeah. And we, we told the owners, like, like, look, you know, this is our spot. And, you know, we had a conversation with them and they said, okay, fine, like, only Flamengo players, you know. But the thing is, with that kind of uh, area, that kind of vibe, it's like you can't exclude... Yeah, and it's hard. They're, and they're a business, you know, so they want to have they want to have open doors for everybody. Yeah. But, you know, we're the ones that started there. It's our spot. People know that, you know, we're there every game. And yeah, it's just, it's just been growing. It's crazy. The how last two years? Just, how hard is it to find the games on TV? Like, what do you have to do? Or who's carrying these games? Where are they um, broadcast? I mean, Global has the games. You can, you know, you could sign up, get the subscription. Um Fubo has the, the Libertadores games. Oh, okay. Fubo uh, TV. Yeah. And then I have a service, uh, Fanatis, to watch uh, the Brazilian league. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, that's another thing. It's it's, you know, growing up, I never, we didn't have access to South America, or you know, and even now, it's it's people don't really watch it. It's not it's not easily accessible. I do think it's good that the athletic. I don't know if, how many people watch who follow the athletics. Uh, I think it's called Soccer Every Day Pod. They go through the TV schedule and mm-hmm. tell you which games are worth watching every day. And they do shout out like Libertadores games. They'll shout out like Brazilian or you know yeah. Brazilian Serie A games or the uh, Argentine Premier Division. So they'll be like, "Yeah, this is a good matchup. You should watch mm-hmm. it for these." And I think that's good. Like. You know, I haven't watched a ton of South American football on TV. Having lived in South America, I went to games and, like, loved it. And I think it does bring, like, a whole different energy. And so I encourage people. We know so many people that listen to the pod, again, like, fans of European football, fans of, you know, at least of LAFC, and probably maybe they've dipped their toes into, you know, Liga MX. But South America has, like, a lot to offer. And a lot of the compelling storylines in Copa Libertadores are just, like, Champions League, you know? And... I don't know. Check it out. I guess that's not, it's not even recommendations yet, but you should check that shit out. That was a free one. You're <laughs> that, was welcome, a free, that was a free, that was a free reco. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was the world cup. Yeah. Tell me just shoot from the hip. Do you think Brazil's going to win it? Um, I, I don't want to say that. Obviously I'm, I always hope for it. I know that that FIFA ranking is kind of a, a curse, you know, when you're ranked number one, um, I mean, this squad is is gelled together very well. Can we go through just the attacking options real quick? Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. So yeah. we got Anthony, we got Vinny Jr., you got Rodrigo, you got Gabriel Martinelli. He probably won't even go. Yeah. You got Gabriel Jesus. You got, you, got Bar- you could get Barbosa. Hafinha. You could get Gabby Goal if you want to. You got Hafinha. You got Gabby Goal probably won't go. You've got a no. who's the Tottenham? Who's who plays for Tottenham? Oh, he Charles. Yeah. You've got Lucas Paqueta, who's an attacking midfielder. Yeah, it's I mean it's stacked. Um, this is the most stacked attacking lineup. It's crazy. I've seen on any international team, maybe. In a, in, 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 I, I wish we could send an, a you know a B team. But yeah, all these guys are under twenty five. 
that yeah. I just mentioned, by the way. That's why I think yeah. they're going to, for sure, I'll just put it in right now. They're going to win the 2026 World Cup. Absolutely. Put the bets in now. Back on the U.S. soil, I think 100% Brazil will win. I hope we win the next two. <laughs> but I think that this, this year might be a little too soon for them, this group. I do think Argentina's going to win, unfortunately. Right. But if not, I think, think Brazil's... Right. Well, come on, guys. Jump in on this. We're talking World Cup talk. <laughs> you ask the man who he thinks, and then you beat him. But Argentina's going to win. Argentina's going to win. No, that's my, it's my opinion. It's my opinion. It's my opinion. <laughs> what about you guys? What about you guys? I, I agree. <laughs> Sam, say something else. <laughs> I concur, my friend. You are correct. It's the year of the Tiger, I, baby. I actually it's see Korea that. all the I mean, way. Is Korea going to get out of the group? Nah, but nice. yes, maybe. Anything's possible. Who's in, who's in the group with Korea? It's fucked. Ghana. Uruguay, Portugal. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm not, I'm not sure how great Ghana is coming out from Africa. Yeah, Uruguay, but Koreans are scared of black people, let's Uruguay. be honest. <laughs> We've come to an uneasy, uneasy truce. <laughs> All they know about black, black people is what they see in the movies. And like, y'all know. You know what I mean? They got to battle out. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've told this story before where like, I think in the early 2000s, my cousin was visiting from Korea. Yeah. And then he saw it like, you know, just through Facebook or whatever that I had black friends. He's like, do they all have guns? I was like, yo, <laughs> shut the fuck up, bro. Like, what's, what's wrong with you? She's like, fool, I have a gun. <laughs> but like, but like the, that's when I realized, like, oh, they really don't know anything about black people. And, like, that's probably why when they go up against the Ghana team, they're like, fuck. I would sincerely hope that they've been trained better than your cousin. <laughs> They got Sonny. Sonny's been around so many black oh, people. Oh, no. Sonny's the fucking sweetest person in football. So if, are, if there's any Sonny haters out there, fuck you. You're not a good person. What if Sonny goes to Real Madrid? <laughs> we love that. Yeah. Okay. I'm, honestly, you can go anywhere. I think yeah. the Tottenham is, is what we're hoping. Yeah, please leave Tottenham. Jeez. Josh, do you have any... But South world? Korea all typically shows up in a World Cup. I mean, they almost took down Belgium four years ago. Yeah, I mean... We took down Germany four years ago. Yeah, we took down Germany four years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there, we do have a little bit of magic ever since that 2002 World Cup, four World Cups, but, you know... We haven't made, we're, we're, we haven't made out the group in two World Cups, so I think that's yeah. the big thing for Thanks, us. Thanks, Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the, I would say... I mean, we are talking about, like, play style before. This preliminary kind of team, like, in all the qualifying... The results may have not been that impressive, but I'd say, like, they play pretty entertaining football. So that's, like, that's really what I want for. Like, nothing feels more shameful to Koreans when, like, you're like, oh, my God, we're going to lose this game 2-0, and it's the most boring match in the fucking world. Yeah. You remember that game against fucking Sweden the first game? I'm like, this, we are horrible. We, sh- we shouldn't be playing soccer, but um, we battled back. We make, we're, we're, we're dramatic as hell. That's what we want. Yeah, we love <laughs> Korean dramas are a thing for a reason. We love... The, the ebbs and flows and the ups and downs. Josh. Yeah. You, oh, go ahead. No, no. You, you did the Panini stickers this year. Yes. Did I'm you still complete? do the Panini yeah. stickers. Yeah. You yes. didn't complete your book yet? No, I bought, I've spent so much money though. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm terrified. To you should have just I'm joined doing. the club of people who are doing them. And then you I should really just come up because I like, the, yeah, I, the invite wasn't really that extended, you know? Thank you, Cuervos. Thank you, Christian and Gil. Like, if they really were about it, because I told Gil, I was like, hey, I'm doing this too. He's like, oh, that's cool, bro. If you're really really about it, you would invite me to your little fucking Cuervos jerk-off session so I could jerk you guys off too. But uh, it wasn't the case. So I am looking for... All of uh, he's looking for friends. <laughs> all of that all of the well in your in your process of doing <laughs> this in your process of doing the stickers. Did you do you do you feel like you have a dark horse in the tournament? Anybody who might surprise a team that looks looks like they could sneak in and upset? 
Ooh, not as sexy as it would have been last tournament, but Croatia. I think Croatia is kind of interesting. Um, they got a nice mix of veterans, a lot of like young Croatian kids I've been seeing on my panini stickers. I'm like, I don't really know you, but you look like you could be good at this. <laughs> Josh is just purely basing off of like the, the their facial profiles. expressions. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm literally like, oh, if you got, if like, you got hey, the yo, juice. This jawline, this fool can play. <laughs> if you got the juice, it should show up on a panini sticker as much as it can be on a big screen TV. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I, I'm usually like a, a, a Frenchie boy. I like, I root for France pretty often because 98 was my first World Cup I watched. Mm. But, um, that's a little boring this year, I feel like. That team is very, very good as well. So I mean they and we know Conte is out. That was oh, Conte's sad. out. Yeah, he's injured. You know what? Then I'm back on Team France. It's fun to <laughs> it's fun to root for France again. Not that I don't love Golo Conte. I wonder how many t- other big players are gonna dip out because all the European calendars are getting super crunched and they're playing, you it's know, crazy. three games like a week. Injuries, and, man. Yeah, the injuries are gonna stack. I wonder injuries, who do you got? Oh, that's right, you have I, Argentina. I, I think Argentina's going to win. You I think, think Argentina wants France, to win? Right? I want Argentina to win. So you in the past, yeah, for sure. Do you, root, do you root for the U.S.? I root for Argentina, weirdly. On the national level? Yeah. What? <laughs> it's, what? A, it's a weird... It's a weird um, Interesting. I yeah. didn't even know that. Did you so, know that? Yeah. Oh. So Anyone but the, the U.S. It all started... your uh, radar at all? <sighs> U.S. national team? <clears throat> when Mo passed away, I told myself... I would hold a place in my heart for the U.S. because of him, because mm. his his compelling argument for why he supported the U.S. was like too much for me to deny, even as motherfucking as you had to give a speech, boy. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he he even said it on this podcast for for those who want to go back. And so I was like, you know what? All right, Mo, you're not here. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna have a space in my heart for the U.S. I have a very difficult time. Like, look, I'll I'll be honest. It depends. It depends. When I feel like that team is like representative of like the parts of America that I like and am proud of. I have such a com- complex relationship with this country. Maybe I've, everyone does. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, when I feel like the p- the players that have been selected didn't come up in like a suburban pay to play environment, and there's like the the personalities and the coach. If if I can't like fuck with who they are as people, it's weirder. I, I don't think this way in terms of my club football as much, but for some reason the national team it's like that. And for Argentina, you know, I've been to five consecutive World Cups. Well, this one we're going to in Qatar, and what I adore about Argentine football is the art of support. Yeah, and I fell in love with it in 2006 uh, with a friend of mine who's he and I kind of followed Argentina that year and I I, I kind of followed him he was already going to follow them mm-hmm. he'd lived in Argentina for a time he's not he's Japanese American but um, this time we're going with three Argentine dudes um, wait so are you going to Qatar? yeah oh dude yeah so I'm, I'll, I'll be out there going to all the Argentine matches up through you well, got the, the first Mexico. four the first four, yeah, I got Argentina, nice. Mexico. That's, that's like but, the holy grail but, right there. But getting back to like the reason why and like the art. I've been on like Argentine TV before a couple times, like as really? a crazy Argentine fan, like on the shoulders of somebody with like a mate gorb in my hand when I was in my 20s. <laughs> and like all this shit because like you get you get so swept they're up like, in it. They're like, Jesus is on our side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but before I didn't even have the beard. You guys saw the video. I was, it was before I was baby face oh. dweez, before I had the facial hair. And... um I just, I, that's really where I fell in love with football support. Even more than club game, I was just like, 
dude, what are these anthems? What are these multi stanza sonnets that they're writing just about that specific tournament? Like, what are these, just the beauty of it, it just like captivated me. And like, it was the perfect blend of art, which I love so much in football, you know? And it was hard to deny. And I have no connections, like familial connections in Argentina. But after I went, I was just like, dude, I just like, when I'm in the stands at a World Cup game, if I can be in the Argentine section and I'm singing those songs, it's like yeah. so sick. And then, of course, like this being Messi's last tournament, I, I adore Brazilian football. I talked to you at length about Brazil. And if I was to live in South America, I'd prefer living in Brazil over living in Argentina. But um, I, I like both of their national teams, but I do believe Argentina is going to win this time and Brazil is going to win the next one. No, I mean, I'm Brazilian, but I, I respect... Argentina and their, their their passion just I, w- I went to a Boca River game years ago and it was by far the craziest game I've ever been to wow yeah you actually went to a Boca River game that's awesome yeah yeah if you burning down on people's houses and shit over the the colors I mean that's a different level yeah. of rivalry I'll burn down your house, bro, if we and, lose. <laughs> and, like, I don't know, even down to, like, you know, when, when Ray and Julio were over here for the barbecue that first year, mm. and we played the, uh, what's that Trapo song by? <laughs> I fucking hate that I song. I can't even think so of the name much. right now. But it's called. Uh, Sorry, Ray. I, I want to just, I want to just. I think it's more the music video that pisses me off than the song. <laughs> it's, it's called Yerba Brava, and it, mm. that's the name of the group, and it's called. La Cumbia de los Trapos. And it is just the most, like, it, that song, like, represents, like, so many of the things. And if you watch the video, please, this is another recommendation I'm giving you for free early. It, like, represents a lot of what I'm talking about, about, like, the art side. And, like, all those things that we love about the North End, right? Like, with the little cultural, like, kitschiness. But there's, like, real passion. And there's, like, this weird blend of, like machismo but also like childlike wonder like all kind of wrapped into the same thing and there's like a playfulness there as long as well as a passion it's just like a beautiful thing and it's not something i grew up with you know as like a kid in the mountains with snow all around me you know so like or even in la with my parents like it's just something different and i think i'll always be drawn to it to an extent there's a place in my heart always for the argentine national team as strange as that is and as little sense as it makes you know Makes sense. Can I can I touch on a point? We mm. talk about the U.S. No, team. you can't. No, you touch it. Mm. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> I think we can all agree. Like, it's more fun when the U.S. goes far. Like, I've never really had rooting interest for the men's national team here, but it's like like what we we're talking about before. Like, people like out on the streets, like like American kids on the streets playing soccer. Usually happens when like they like make it to the elimination round or something like that. I think there is this kind of like kind of whack almost like American international sickness where it's like we have to prop up a great white hope to be like the player it was Donovan and Dempsey before and now it's Pulisic Mm -hmm. and um and I wonder if like that switches to like a black or brown player you know like a Weston McKinney really becomes the face of the national team or it becomes like even Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus Ferreira right who was well, I do think, I mean, I do year. think that Kobe Jones was pretty close to the face before the Dempsey's and the, the Dempsey's Donovan's of the world. Right. I don't know. Did you, you follow the U.S. team pretty closely over the years, Debo? Like, you know, I, I didn't follow them early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got to, I think it was late, what was it, 
I did follow them into the, in uh, South Africa. Um, that's kind of, I, I think that's when I kind of was like, oh, okay, the US, the US has something here. I know yeah. that I, I kind of came late to the game when, when it came to the US, but because I'd been Brazil for so long. Yeah, and anyone that I finally that has... embraced, I was like, okay, the US has it too, you know, like I'm I'm half American, so it's like, you can root for I root for the US also, yeah, you sure. know. I'm, I'm part of uh, Bada 76 also, so. Yeah, yeah, and to that point, I think what Bada's doing in almost like, it's almost yeah to come out of it's it, like, like my parents getting together and like for sure. you know so. it's like to make it's like it's like there's not an uh english language centralized version to support yeah. the u.s na national team i think a lot of those strings came attached with past usmnt support mm. and i think hopefully like the multiculturalism that i really love about where i'm from here mm -hmm. and like, where yes. i choose to, to reside in now is like that if that's put on display by the by all the diversity of the players there like that's a win, I think, for even me who doesn't root for the U.S. in that way. So like, I want to see them win that way. But I think the way that the the networks and the way that old supporters wanted it to happen was like a pretty old school way of being like, "There's the U.S. is always oh, right. We yeah. are the force. Why aren't we winning more?" Even though they they haven't put in the work. And like, all you yeah, ever was, needed, all you ever needed yeah. to know about the U.S. like support at least before bar 76 and before some of the recent changes is like the three words usa being chanted which like make me want to die when i hear like <laughs> in the stands you know it really does and there's just like some there's it's so triggering it's pretty cringe yeah and it's yeah, the so worst one was uh you know i remember even in south africa was you know america fuck yeah and i was like oh come on guys like, yeah. like, we got we got we got to do better than this it's like no. and we had, but the, and that's just that, purely that from an aesthetic them putting level. their best step foot uh, forward yeah that's like purely from an aesthetic level before you get into like the like the messiness of like you know what nationalism is yeah. and all that but i agree with everything you just said like the aspects about this country that like we all most of us you know who are live in multicultural cities and like appreciate multicultural things like we want to see that represented on the pitch we want those players to like be of that ilk sure. rather Stop the pay to play bullshit yeah and like it's been that way for so long and you feel in some senses like there's a transition and i get it and people listening to this might be like you're not a real national team and I'm not a real national team supporter so there you go and I have very I have trouble flying an American flag you know like yeah. straight up like that's where I'm at with it and so it's hard to like root for yeah you know America like in that sense and I think what would help is like being able to relate to players and feeling like they're on this, literally the same team as like I am mm. with what we want to see out of this country not just like our national team you USA, please, USA, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> please stop. So, so long story short, I will be going to USA versus England in the World Cup. Who are you rooting for? Both equally obnoxious. Bakayo Saka. I will uh, be happy if he does well. Otherwise, I hope the US wins. Okay. I, I'm not a England. England and Germany are kind of my least. The bottom. The bottom two to teams I usually root against. Um, I actually, I actually ride pretty hard for like Ireland and Scotland. Because like, like, yeah. their yeah. supporters are fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drunk exactly. Irish people and Scottish people are just fun to be around. Yeah. They're, That's an ugly stereotype, Sam. No, it's like the Mexican <laughs> fans, right? Like, I want to be around Mexican fans, sure. Irish fans. Like, like I don't really want to be around uh, Iceland fans. Like, they they scare me a little. The, du like the Dutch fans. <laughs> don't fucking clap like that in my face. I've watched Vikings. You guys are scary. Euro European-wise, 
Holland. Holland is the best support for Europe national teams in my for my experience. That's where Uncle Holland, Gus yeah. comes and from. It's why welcome back Holland because they're back at the World Cup, which they missed the last one. And you know they have weed yeah. for a long time and whores. Yeah, they got some. They got some fun. <laughs> the fun shit in Holland. So. Yeah. Which is the orange, the orange, uh, orange. sea, the, the sea of orange. Yep. Um, our boy RVP. I love Holland. Your boy RVP? Our boy. Yeah, he is your boy RVP. Yeah. Fuck him. He left. <laughs> yeah, he did. He abandoned us yeah. right when we needed him. That's kind of that, what was going on all throughout those years. You guys were shitty. It's just like you guys were getting good players and then selling them to us. <laughs> you left the dip. I feel like I just. Had a flashback, yeah. a very dark. Doing this flashback. <laughs> I love it. I love it. When I was at you, my, yeah, like I said, you've been too happy and nice lately. I've tr- tried to turn you into an asshole. Oh, it's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> USA, <laughs> USA. Record is shit. Shall we record this shit? Record is shit. Do you want to start? My recommendation. Um, I'm gonna do an anti-recommendation. I'm Ooh. sorry, this is gonna be confusing because <laughs> we didn't let you know this was a possibility, but we've done this. There's some precedent behind this. Okay, so as someone who's from the East Coast originally, who's come to LA, there is this oh god, there is this poison that's come out in the recent. In are the you recent gonna, Is this going to become a oh god? No, 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 I, no, no. Where no, do you predict this is going? No, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, you, like I kind of want to predict where this yeah, is going. Yeah, it's yeah, either going to have to do with what do you think it's going to be? Either pizza or bagels. No. Okay. What okay. about you? I don't know, but I just don't like it. That's going to be a nice one for you. I mean, you now it's going to fuck you up. But this whole thing of being like. New York people are, are fucking annoying. New York people Rude. are New York people. Uh, let me finish. You fucking <laughs> dickhead. Uh, New York people are are uh, not nice, but they're kind. LA people are nice, but they're not. They're not kind. Which means like LA people are essentially superficial, fake, superficial and fake because they. We never heard that one before. Yeah, and it's just like it's like now it's like I heard that like maybe three years ago. Now it's like getting gaining steam on like tiktok again being like some some ladies like you know what couldn't have been truer is this fucking thing i heard the other day of being on this shit and it's such a fucking shallow fucking west hollywood no you're the, here that, for a weekend yeah. understanding of what it that is. shallow person that's in la has been here for five years and she's fucking that asshole girl from ohio that thought she was the shit and she brought that same bullshit ass energy over here same thing with the dudes. Like, we get all For the sure. douchebags from everywhere. It's true. And they're like, we're LA now, but you're not. You're annoying. Fuck off. For sure. And, like, I mean, like, okay, so, Diva, you're from, like, the East Coast, too. Like, there's the ethic, like, oh, like, that cold-weather people, because we have Christmas and it's fucking cold <laughs> there, like, it's like, it's like, oh, they really have, like, the, 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 if you truly look deep in a person, like, oh, like, they're actually good people at heart. No, there's fucking rotten, hideous people <laughs> on the East Coast where just have no fucking redeeming quality. That yeah, the deepest quality of them oh, are just fucking trash. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is because, like, we think it's, like, some kind of Hallmark holiday special that LA is his fakeness and New York is his fucking realness. I'm mean, like, there's really shitty people on both coasts, and the fact that you think that um that there's any like fucking realness about like, oh yeah, LA people aren't kind is because you're not in the fucking right neighborhoods, you're not talking to the right people, you're talking to the same fucking transplants that I could have been that I thankfully I'm not. Stop getting and, your uh, view on LA from like club rats and, and fucking VIP section. It's fu- exactly exactly like this is not fucking Vegas. We can go in and out and fucking shit also, on it. Also, people LA here. LA people won't jump on TikTok to talk about LA. So if someone's jumping on TikTok to talk about it, they probably don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That's I mean True. 
Slim? There are a lot would of people you, on TikTok. Would you agree with that? I mean, there's just a lot. They, I mean, I don't we're know older now. TikTok. Kids are I'm just speaking so out of pocket. Like, speaking out of pocket. Like, because I've been out here, what, 15, 16 years. When you find yourself defending LA, yeah. that's when you know, like, ULA, it, boy. You're, you're immersed. You're like, <laughs> West, it's the thing is, like, dad perception. I knew, like, I kind of, like, like, you kind of know it, like, even when you're, like, moving into here. But, like, it's just, like, immediately untrue from, like, the jump. So I'm like, oh, you really, people will say that really just, don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They don't. It right. takes, and it takes a while. It takes a while to sure. acclimate here. But but they might and they might never. But they might never. And you're in the industry, right? For and sure. Some like, of them move back to wherever they. Yeah, come that's from. the thing with LA. If you don't find like a good circle, you're fucked. Yeah. Like your circle is so significant yeah. when you come to LA, because they're going to be the ones that show you their circle plus where they go. Like, how they hang out. Are they fun people? Some people are just fucking boring people, and they haven't found out how to explore L.A. And if you get in with that circle, you're fucked. You're just going to go drink boba at the same place every week <laughs> and play fucking cards. Hey, if these people drank boba, I think even that <laughs> I was about to say. I was about to say they're on the right path if they started yeah. boba. I think what's, like, second trigger this was, like, and this is a long-ass anti-rec, but, like, a podcaster that I really, like, enjoy, really love, right? This, like, tastemaker. Like, he's, like, a guy like a fashion consultant, like all this. Put his, like, put his name out there, bro. What his name's it? fucking Chris Black, and I really love his shit. But he, like, said something about, like, he's been doing the bi thing for a while. Now he's settled in L.A. most of the time. He's like, yeah, like, there's not really a lot of culture here, but at a certain point, you hit an age where you just want the weather to be nice and play tennis. And I'm like, yeah, playing tennis and the weather being nice is part of it. But also, like, for you to say there's no culture out here means, like, fuck, like, what have I been following you for all these years for? Like, there's so much culture everywhere. And just because it doesn't, fit like a very pretty like maybe like uh like and i think there is a there's a certain like he can't go in certain worlds because he's white he's a white dude because it, it goes like that i'm like but i don't know i'm just like goddamn like that's really what you think of where you live now your new home like why would you settle here like you're just paying out the ass just so you can like kind of shit on it like that, hmm. that sucks dude so anyway so people just come shit. to the anti-rec so the anti-rec is don't i don't even know what the anti-rec <laughs> yeah, is <what>? <laughs> Don't fucking fuck Chris Black. Stop talking about. Just yeah. Keep on, keep on name out your goddamn mouth. Yeah, yeah. don't have the last name it's Black fucking... if you're white. That's crazy. <laughs> kindness. I'm talking to you, Jack. Anti-kindness. Fucking no. Every anyone can be kind. Doesn't fucking belong to a coast. Yeah, New York people stop being rude and then calling it being real. Oh, solid, solid. There it is. Slim, do you got a recommendation? Um, I'm just on the Brazilian thing. So if you ever go to a Brazilian barbecue, some of the best things besides the picanha is they'll always have some candied bacon and you get the grilled pineapple. Ooh. And the chicken hearts. Yeah, chicken hearts if they have it. You usually have to ask for it nowadays. Really? Yeah, they don't just have it like flowing, coming out like that. Boo. Yeah. But, um, yeah. the chicken hearts, okay. I think they're good. Little morsels. Debo, do you have a recommendation? Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I was just thinking about the East Coast, West Coast, and I was like, what do I miss from the East Coast? Mm. Um, so in D.C., there's a huge um, community of Ethiopians there. I mean, Ooh. I think outside of Ethiopia, I think D.C. has the largest. And I love, you know, Ethiopian food. And I was like, oh, we have one out here, you know. Uh, but there's this little spot. It's not like there's like two or three big spots on Fairfax. Mm, but there's yep. this hole in the wall place on Fairfax. It's called Buna. Buna. B-U-N-A. That's like, that's my Ethiopian spot. So yeah, check Dude, it out. Dude, I want to try Buna. I fuck with Ethiopian food heavy. That's my uh, I'm going to throw an East Coast food rec 
too. I miss, since I miss we're a good on that because you also aren't gonna find good Caribbean like a lot of good Caribbean spots out here. Um, so in San Gabriel, um, at the new Blossom Market, I think it's called. It's like a right. little food hall. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a spot called Caribbean Gourmet, and their their oxtail is fire. Oh, mm. I love oxtail. Blossom, oxtail. What was the uh, Ethiopian? B- Buna. 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 What's Meal, the other one? Think, Meals by Gannett. There's Rosalind's. Meals by Gannett. Meals by Gannett's very good. Mm. Buna. Maybe we do a little, Let's do a little trip. Buna. trip to Buna. Dude, I love Ethiopian food. I love Ethiopians. My mentor is Ethiopian. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even know you had a mentor. I want a mentor. Uh, yeah. Can you? Is it a shareable mentor? Yeah. Sahaihi Press is the only wow. black or African-owned university press in the United States. And... Uh, they're going to celebrate their 25th anniversary next year. Elias Wandumu is a publisher, and he—I was his first intern wow. back in 2008. And he's just a really incredible human being. I feel lucky to know him. He's an exiled journalist from Ethiopia. Wow! And really about that life. Yeah. So the Ethiopian community in Los Angeles is not quite as big as the one in DC, but it's the biggest one besides that. Yeah. So it's cool that we have that sector and a. That's a good shout, Debo. I think that we've never really talked about the Ethiopian community on the pod, and it's right here in Fairfax. People zigzag, crisscross that neighborhood all the time. Totally worth stopping in for a meal. Buna? Yeah, Buna. Buna, or Meals by Gannett's good, too. Um, My recommendation is The Last Bookstore. Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever actually recommended it, and I haven't been, I hadn't been in since the pandemic. I went today, and it's just so fucking cool. Like, it's the best, dude. Like, you no can get though. cheap used books. You can get no the hot releases. Though. You can get the uh-huh. underground fucking signed classics first editions. I saw Joan Didion's The White Album first edition today for $200 and was like, who in my life needs Ooh, this? Tasty. Yeah. Um, it's just such a special store. We don't know how long it'll last. The whole joke of the last bookstore, which if you want to look up the documentary, there's a really great documentary on the guy who started it. Oh. Um, the whole joke about it was like, yeah, he was saying it's the last bookstore. Like the bookstores are all going out of business. Right. So he yeah. opened it up in an old, old building. And um, I'm looking up the documentary right now. It is called welcome to the last bookstore short 12 minutes. Mm. Total. Uh, there's a recommendation within my recommendation. This is a Russian doll recommendation. Yeah, recommended today. Um, but it's just such a it's such a special place. Make up for uh, the anti rec over here. Yeah, making up for the <laughs> anti rec, heavy rec. And look, there's like the record part. There's you can just sit there in those beautiful chairs and spend a day. And their merch is actually sick right now too. I was like low key almost trying to buy some merch today, but then I was what like, about oh. the merch game? What's the merch? Game? We got a tote bag. I think there was totes. There's gotta be. There was some really great sweaters, like between Josh, LA. Ta- Josh is on his totes and totes and vest game right now. Between LA Taco nice. and Last Bookstore, I feel like you could get some pretty dope merch that will go with your LAFC shit, but it's kind of adjacent to that. So much LAFC shit. Support your club. <laughs> There's a lot. And of read, motherfuckers. <laughs> and on that note, our tea is running dry. And I got a pee. Sam's got a pee. And on that note, this has been another episode of the FCFC pod. Bye. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FC, FC. FC, FC.